Welcome to another episode of Mutual Growth, a podcast by Penn Community Bank. I'm your host, Aaron Clark. End-of-life planning can be uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean it's not important. Today, I'm joined by Maddie Perelstein Burnett, CEO of Eternally, to talk about how her career in healthcare management helped her uncover a devastating gap in end-of-life care resources and a point of opportunity to help millions of Americans. In our conversation, we discuss how her experience, including in her personal life, identified the need for new ways to prepare for the future, how Eternally overcomes the stigma of planning for end-of-life care, and how the startup and its clinical team are expanding its services to individuals and families across the region. After the show is over, be sure to check out the show notes and links to resources at pencommunitybank.com slash podcast. Thank you, Aaron, and thanks to the Penn Community Bank for having me, um, and thank you for the funding that we've most recently received, uh, certainly putting it to good use. Uh, I grew up in South Jersey, in Cherry Hill, and really growing up there, I, I got a chance to experience healthcare through the lens of my mother for the first time. Uh, she, she ran a home healthcare agency, and what happened in our small community was that when anyone had a loved one who was aging or declining in health, they would call her. And I got to see the impact she had in our community in terms of being a resource for people as they navigated the emotional uh, health care and financial points of view when it comes to taking care of someone. And it's stressful and nobody really knows what to do or how to do it until you've been through it once. And it's it's really hard. Yeah. And, and my own background, um, I, I took that experience that I had watching her and, and watching her help others. Um, after college, I joined at Accenture where I had the chance to work in healthcare management consulting and got to see the real impact uh, of the work that they did with so many different healthcare organizations, payers, providers, life sciences, and public health entities. Um, and I had a specific interest in understanding how does our health system work and how do we get the best care for the people at the, at the right time. And really that's, that's under the lens of population health management. Um, and while there are so many amazing programs that exist, there really weren't ones that were adequately serving our aging population. And so I had consistently thought about how horribly we're doing for our aging population and how much innovation is needed. Um, and I didn't really believe that our healthcare system as it stands today was the right entity to solve it. And that's where uh, you know I started to birth the idea for eternally in terms of helping by being an intervention for end of life and, and aging planning. Awesome. Yeah. So so for those who aren't aware, can you just take us up to speed on, on what eternally is and you know how it addresses kind of kind of that gap, you know, that you identified as you were uh, in that space? Yes. Eternally is a telehealth medical practice that supports patients with their end of life planning needs by starting with a very basic question, which is, what does a meaningful life mean to you? And by starting there, we can start to uncover how a patient feels when they're at their best and how they want to be treated and making sure whatever happens in life that they get care and treatment that aligns to that vision. And so we help them understand that it's important to document your goals for care, for future care, so that you're treated the way you want to be treated if there's ever an event where you can't speak for yourself. And part of that, a big part of that, is making sure that you have a designated healthcare proxy. 
And you don't need a fancy lawyer or a state attorney uh, or a financial planner to do any of that. It's actually something you can do on your own. But if you need help and you want um, a medical professional, a nurse practitioner to help you and answer questions around, what does this question mean? Or what does this person actually do? That's what we're there for. So we're an extension uh, of an existing care team. We typically partner with healthcare organizations like hospitals, uh, like rehab facilities or post-acute care facilities, assisted living, and help those patients from those facilities uh, as a benefit to those patients. It's, it's really interesting. Um, obviously something that everyone should be thinking about in one capacity or another. You took it and saw an opportunity to both solve a problem, but then also create a business. Can you talk about, you know, when when this idea went from, hey, there's a need that I think we can fill to, hey, I think that there's a business model that I think we can build around. Can you just talk about the kind of the business beginnings? Of yeah, you know, um, we're, we're a new company and we're a startup and uh, I didn't intend to be a COVID company. I had actually been thinking about this company idea for about six or seven years before launching it. Um, and it was all of the data that I was seeing um, from a healthcare analytics point of view in terms of missing the, the population around how they're not getting the right treatment. And that comes in the form of very, very high costs, um, both from the out-of-pocket costs from a health patient in a, in a uh, inpatient facility to um, the costs of um, a funeral, which are skyrocketing. But all of these costs just were so daunting and so frustrating to me. Um, but then I, I, I did lose um, my, my own family members at various points in time. And as educated as I was in the, in the healthcare world, it was still really confusing and overwhelming to me. And, you know, I consider myself to be fairly competent and I just, you know, couldn't shake the idea that if, if I can't figure this out, if I can't help my loved ones, my family, like how's everybody else doing this? And, you know, I, I really wanted to have a patient advocate and somebody on their side to help them understand what's happening and how to plan ahead if that's something that they want to do, knowing that they have that right, that they're able to. Um, so it was it was a, a mounting amount of frustration, data and anger that got me to start and quit my job. Um, and then COVID hit. And what happened was really fascinating because everything that I was seeing in the data in terms of the aging of America and all of our baby boomers becoming Medicare beneficiaries um, was happening real time in the form of flooding our health systems where they were at capacity, not able to treat people the way they wanted to be treated and turning people away who they couldn't serve. They didn't have the beds, they didn't have the space. Um, and so, you know, if we had we had reached everyone before that point in time and said, you know, this is something you can do. You can nominate a healthcare power of attorney. You can have uh, advanced care plans. Uh, we wouldn't have been in the same place because you can actually designate somebody to help you make decisions. So you don't have to um, remain on life-sustaining treatment if that's not what you want. Of course, if that is what you want, that's okay too. But making sure that you have that right as a patient to advocate for whatever it is that you want. Um, so we started uh, really aggressively going to hospital systems um, to partner. Um, but of course, during COVID, nobody was really taking on anything new. And that's where we pivoted uh, and became a telehealth medical practice. So we're operating under the corporate practice of medicine. I have amazing clinical partners. I myself, I'm not a clinician, but we have amazing partners who do that clinical work. and. 
um, they're seeing patients and, um, and, and having those conversations from a treatment lens and, and billing insurance or Medicare, Medicaid, whatever a patient's insurance is and, and taking on that cost for them. Now, for someone who's saying, yes, all that makes sense. This is something that I, I should be planning for, even though I don't maybe want to think about it. I should be putting kind of the effort into it. I want an advocate. Can you just walk us through from, from like a high level, kind of the process that eternally would take a customer through or a patient through, or even a family, just to kind of explain, you know, what the steps are? Yeah. So if anyone in your uh, listener or viewership is, is interested in learning more, you can go to our website, www.myeternally.com. And you can click to make an appointment uh, completely online, or you can call to speak to somebody about what that appointment entails. Um, but really, it's it's a discussion. And it starts, again, with understanding what your goals of care are, what a meaningful life means to you. And we go through three important topics. Number one, if you're not able to speak for yourself, who should be the person that advocates or speaks on your behalf? Not everybody selects their spouse. Uh, it's a very difficult decision process to make when your loved one can't speak. Um, so some people absolutely choose a spouse, but some people feel more comfortable uh, with a sibling or um, a child and or, or a neighbor or a friend. Um, and it, it's just a matter of who do you trust to speak up and make the right call in a stressful moment. Um, the second piece is all around that treatment piece. So to what extent does life-sustaining treatment make sense for you and in various scenarios? And it's not a one-size-fits-all answer. You can write in responses, write in what whatever makes you feel most comfortable. Uh, there are certainly checkboxes, but you don't have to be feel limited to a checkbox uh, if you don't want to be. And the last piece is around um, treatment in terms of um, post-mortem decisions um, and how do you want your, your legacy to live on also. Um, so we go through the, all of that. It's very emotional. It's not a typical DNR at all. It's really more in-depth than that. And most people feel grateful. And that's why I named the company Eternally because I knew I would feel eternally grateful if someone did this for me. So I didn't have to feel the burden of guessing what type of care is right for them or what type of treatment might they want um, and make the wrong call. Um, so we, it's important to take that time. And it's also important to know that you don't have to feel bound by the, the decisions you make today. So the decisions that I have in my advanced directive form are not appropriate for Maddie as a 90 year old. Um, you know, if I want to have life-sustaining treatment now, it might not be the same decision for me in a couple of years. And so we always say, come back to us. Um, if you have a change in a health condition, if you have a death of a loved one who maybe previously served as your healthcare proxy, um, or if you want to clarify something or maybe write something in based on a personal experience you had with a loved one and how their treatment went in a good way or in a bad way that you don't want to have happen to you. Um, a lot of people come back when they have personal experiences that they've had time to reflect on. It's It sounds like a big task, right? It, you, you've talked about kind of the emotional aspect of it. Certainly there's the clinical medical aspect of it. And then, um, you know, even tying into the hospital networks or anything, certainly a clerical aspect to it. Yet you have quite a team. If this is something that you're able to do, can you just talk about, you know, your staff, your clinical team and the work that they do uh, to make this possible? 
Yeah, I could go on and on about our clinical team. They are the most passionate group of nurses and physician assistants that I've ever met. And what's fascinating is most of them work with Eternally as a second job. Um, so they're practicing in other facilities, whether it's um, you know in primary care or oncology or radiology, you know, they run the gamut in terms of experiences, but they all have one thing in common. And that's that they've had patients with these, having to make these dreadful decisions that haven't been prepared in advance. And they see that it's not happening in their health systems wherever they work today. So they're thrilled to be part of a company that's making time for patients. Uh, and we don't cap conversations. You can have as long of a conversation with eternally as you want or as short as you want. Um, and they, they're just so thrilled that number one, we're making time, but number two, that you can feel comfortable to ask, maybe we'll call them like dumb questions, but no questions dumb, but the introductory questions that you might not feel comfortable asking your doctor or remembering to ask when you have those eight minutes and when you're in front of the physician. So you can ask any question and, and do it from the comfort of your own home. And the third benefit being that you can have your loved ones with you, whether it's a spouse or a child or a caregiver um, to help you through that process uh, and just listen so that there's a second set of ears. Um, if you do end up doing it on your own, that's perfectly fine too. Everything we do is captured digitally. So we can send you a copy of the conversation after. So you can send it to whoever you want uh, and we can send it to your doctor. So it actually lives in your medical record so that if there's ever, you know, God forbid an emergency, those decisions are stored. What do you think the biggest barrier um, to getting people connected to this type of resource is? Is it that people want to put this, this seems like an unpleasant topic, I'm going to put it off. Is it, as you said, when it push comes to shove, it's just not a conversation you're having in those couple minutes you have with your doctor. What What's the biggest barrier that, that uh, is keeping people from a resource like internal? Yeah, um, it's a great question. I, before I started the business, spoke to a state attorneys, like dozens of them and financial planners. And I asked them, you know, tell me you guys already do this. Tell me eternally is not needed in this world that you've got it handled. And what they all said, which was fascinating is, no, we, we do this. We actually do do this, but um, we offer it. And very rarely do people follow through or understand that the importance of it. Maybe they'll take care of the financial things, but not necessarily the healthcare things. Um, you know, the other thing that they said to me was, we're really serving the 1%. And I think that's the biggest uh, mental barrier is that there's a perception that you need to have an estate to plan for to do this. And that's not true. This is for everyone. Um, and what I say to people is, you know, why would you let a doctor who you've never met before decide what treatment is best for you. You can be your own advocate and you can take those decisions uh, to paper and make sure you get the treatment that you want. These documents are legally binding. So it's important to know that, you know, you and your healthcare advocate, your power of attorney are, are the ones that are executing these decisions. And it's in your right to make sure your doctor knows this is the way you want to be treated. So there's a a barrier in, in terms of the perception of financials that you need money to do this no this is for everyone and if you have insurance like medicare medicaid or commercial payers you know it's covered as a benefit to talk to eternally um but if you wanted to pay out of pocket you could do that too it's 150 bucks if you don't have the right insurance or if you don't have insurance or um just want to talk to us and learn a little bit more 
Um, you know, another barrier is that um, it's uncomfortable. It's it is. It's 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 tough to think about death, and um, I'm not going to shy away from that. I know death is hard, and I know people don't want to talk about this. Um, but this is really about getting the type of care that you know you deserve, that you know you want, that you're given a fair shot, if that's what you want, uh, and if you believe that you know when the next healthcare event happens that you don't want any treatment that that's what you believe that's that's your right too um so it's it's a matter of taking control and i heard so many covid stories where the feeling of losing control was imminent and horrible horrible um you know i lost my own family members as i mentioned and it's just it's a terrible feeling and so if i can help restore trust and, and bring control and relieve that burden for a patient and their family. That's an amazing thing. Sounds like a worthwhile mission for sure. Um, you mentioned still a new company, you know, coming from an idea into fruition and already pivoting to, to change what the, the, the needs were. Is there anything else that you're looking at in the, in the near term or maybe even the long term for eternally to be, to be working on or in this space doing? Yeah, so one thing that I'm excited to announce and share with you today is we, we just had a, a major win to serve about 300 facilities around the area, around the Philadelphia geographic area um, in the five, you know, Philadelphia County region plus Berks and a few other Lehigh Valley uh, area facilities um, to serve assisted living facilities, uh, skilled nursing facilities, rehab facilities and patient centered homes. Um, so we'll be reaching out to these communities uh, and, and the facilities in those communities to help those patients. It's a huge expansion and it's part of a grant that from the state of Pennsylvania in partnership with Jefferson and Mainline Health. So we're really, really proud to continue to serve the community in, in exciting ways and, and be a benefit to patients in these facilities. Well, congratulations, certainly a, a needed resource in those communities. So uh, being able to be there when uh, when those conversations are ready to happen is, is going to be impactful. Um, switching uh, gears a little bit to kind of the business side, you know, certainly we, we learned about eternally from your uh, application through the, the startup Bucks Bucks Built process. Can you just talk to us about how you learned about Bucks Built and what that was like to go through that startup um, process? Um, so I heard about the, the opportunity to receive funding through um, PACT, which is a Philadelphia entrepreneurial network that I'm part of where I receive mentoring um, and access to cool events and, and notifications about funding opportunities and investment opportunities. Um, and, and so I think through that, it was really a matter of understanding how do we best communicate how we're serving Bucks County and the greater area. Um, and to be honest, we're, we're already there. We're already serving Bucks. Um, we know that Bucks County's makeup, 19% are 65 and older. So we know that there's already a huge demand for how eternally might impact Bucks County. Um, but we actually already have existing partnerships with healthcare facilities in Bucks County. So we're already meeting with patients there. Um, and so that was really exciting to us just to be able to, you know, keep the money in there, if you will, to make sure that we're reaching patients that want to be reached and, and know about us. Um, so it was a great, great marketing opportunity for us, but also um, to continue to build upon 
um, enhancing our services and making sure, again, patients know about us, they know how to reach us, um, and that they're taking advantage, again, because this is a covered benefit. So obviously as part of that, uh, that program, we did receive some grant funding from Penn Community Bank and we're certainly learning more about the, the business. We're certainly glad we did. Can you just share, is there anything that the, those funds are going towards or, or how they can be allocated to support what you're already working on? Yeah, I, I think it's that continuing ongoing education. So one of the things that um, we need to bridge is the physical world with the digital world. So um, not everyone, uh, who, who is a listener of your of your podcast, of your channel, might know of us. Um, and that's certainly understandable because we're a digital company. We're um, strictly telehealth. Um, so bridging that gap means making sure patients know about us, either from getting a, a trifold, a pamphlet from their doctor's office or their facility, wherever they're being served, um, or making sure that they're um, remembering to uh, call us back and, and making sure that we have a, a toll-free phone number to reach us or an email or a website to, that's accessible um, to reach us. Um, and, and that's the, the key word is accessible. We know that typically this demographic of patient that's already vulnerable um, and, and generally older, um, making sure that they feel comfortable reaching us and that they um, not only don't feel like they need to have any resources to reach us, you know, most of our patients don't have printers, scanners, fax machines, or tablets. That's not required. You just need a phone. If you want to do a face-to-face -face conversation, uh, that's always recommended, but you don't need to. You don't need a computer screen. You can do it over the phone. So I'm um, making sure that the word is out there uh, physically and digitally that this is something that's for everyone. Certainly important. Now, back to the beginning, you you had you saw a need, you had an idea, you brought it to what is today eternally. What is your message to entrepreneurs out there that might be listening, whether they're thinking about something, they're aspiring to something, or maybe they're already an established business who has seen what you're doing and how you've been able to pivot and meet different needs? What would you uh, what would you say to them? Start. Um, I think it's very, very difficult to start and start trying. Um, it's only as good uh, as an idea as, it, as long as it lives in your head. Um, you need to test and try things out uh, and move quickly to learn what will work best. Um, yeah, just start. Good advice in, in any part of life, for sure. Maddie, where can folks go to, to learn more, maybe to get in touch uh, with uh, with your team. So for those listening, you can head to our website, myeternally.com. Uh, from there, you can schedule an appointment on our website, or you can give us a call at 888-973-5811. Or you can email us, schedule at myeternally.com. The easy ways to get in contact with the Eternally team and have uh, it sounds like a really important conversation that everyone should be thinking of and certainly a conversation that should be uh, be had. So, Maddie, thank you so much for, for taking some time today to talk to us. Uh, hopefully people get in touch if they have any questions and we look forward to seeing what Eternally uh, has coming next. Congratulations on the grant and we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. 
I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Mutual Growth, a podcast by Penn Community Bank. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating. And as always, keep up with the latest from Penn Community Bank by following us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For more information about this podcast, links to past episodes, or to learn more about community-first banking, just visit pencommunitybank.com slash podcast. Mutual Growth is the official podcast of Penn Community Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. It is produced for the benefit of current and prospective customers and partner organizations. This program is provided solely for educational and entertainment purposes. The information contained herein is based on sources believed to be reliable, but is not represented to be complete and its accuracy is not guaranteed. The opinions, views, and estimates expressed are those of the presenters at the date of production and are subject to change without notice. Please email marketing at pencommunitybank.com regarding booking or repurposing any part of this podcast.